What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into the interview today, I'd love to give you a few updates about the band. My band, Run With It, is going to be releasing a whole lot of new music uh, in the coming year throughout 2024. We're actually leaving in a week or two to go to Nashville to record a few more songs, but we actually have one ready to go. We just finalized the vocals this past week. And our first single of the year, it's called It's Not Over. It's going to be dropping Wednesday, February 21st. That's Wednesday, February 21st. It's Not Over. It's going to be out there. If you want to follow along that journey and be there for the drop, follow us at Run With The Band, at Run With The Band, anywhere you follow people at, or go to runwiththeband.net. You can follow us there as well and check out the music that we have out in the world on all the streaming platforms currently for you. And again, February 21st, the next single drops and we got more on the way after that. Now for today's guest. Today's guest is the drummer, Taylor Mead. He is based in Kansas City. He's a drummer and percussionist, touring and recording for many bands and artists across the Midwest. He is currently playing with the Stephen Banky and the Flatland Band with over 10 years of experience. He has played across the country, having played alongside bands and artists such as Whiskey Myers, Travis Tritt, Darkest Hour, and Jonathan Davis from Korn. When he's not behind a drum kit, you can often find him behind a sound console, in a kitchen cooking, or fishing. In today's episode, Taylor shares his journey from being a heavy rock drummer to going all the way to touring with a red dirt country band. He also shares a lot about his behind the scenes with Steve Banky and the Flatland Band. And he shares how one opportunity, it was one opportunity that opened the door for him to go all in on his journey of becoming a professional drummer. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. airplane the engine fell off like what what happened uh that was that was <laughs> i read rough. your i read your this. post for the for the listener you're you were on your way to uh to vegas to, to do a little stint with the band out there and it sounded yep. like you had an adventure my man yeah so uh i was telling you a bit ago that i haven't flown on a plane in probably 25 years um let alone flying alone. So that was already stressful. And then flying in, into an environment that I was unfamiliar with, get it all set up, get checked in and, uh, get loaded on the plane, take off. I'm like, this is, this is more bumpy than I remember. And about 10 minutes into the <laughs> flight, we just like, I have my, my earbuds in and everything, just this loud bang and it shakes the whole plane. No one says anything. Um, and about 10 minutes later, the pilot comes on the intercom like, all right, um, passengers or whatever he said, our right engine has stopped working, but don't worry, we still have one. So hey, we at least we don't have none. So we're going back to Kansas City and we're going to get on a new plane, basically. So that was that was fun because there was already wow. delay happening. I can't even imagine sitting in a plane and having a pilot say that to me. <laughs> It was pretty nuts. Like it was, it was pretty nuts. And and right before that, right before well, while we were boarding the plane, some chick, a couple groups ahead of me, just passes out. And I'm like, okay, well, I'd be nervous too. Like no problem. Uh it was it was <laughs> wild. It was wild. That is crazy wild, man. 
so they basically you get back safely and they finally got yeah. you on another plane and yeah. I, i'm like y'all check this did you check it again maybe triple check it well we and that here? was the thing yeah so we did we waited for a new plane and thankfully we were able to get on one in about 20 minutes we start taxiing as soon as the plane starts driving down the runway, I just smell burning oil. I'm like, this cannot, no, please no. Give me off this thing. <laughs> you're I'm like, I'm already here. You're like, I'm not going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm already here. Like, we're just, if I go with the plane, I just, I go with the plane. Like, all right, let's see what happens. Take off. Everything's fine. So that's awesome, man. So what band time. are you with in Vegas? I am playing with the Dirty Bourbon Band. Okay. They're based out of Kansas City. They play a lot of 70s, 80s, and 90s country. Nice, man. And it's and a 10-day are... stint? Yeah, yeah. We played last night 10 to 2. On top of the time difference change for me, too. I We got done at 4 my time. Oof. And then I'm up here figuring out all this stuff until about 6 your guys' time. Go to sleep for a few hours and, and then panic about not knowing exactly what time we're starting. So we're here. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm sorry about that. We, we had to reschedule for the listener and I, I realized I changed it in the calendar, mm -hmm. but I never changed it in zoom. So that's why you kept getting all those alerts for all different times. Yeah. Uh, there were, there never, were a bunch. Yeah. So I forgot it was a good lesson for me. I need to go back in zoom and actually change that at that point. Now I, I, I love appreciate it, it though. <laughs> I love I that uh, you're living this full uh, country rock star life. Uh, yeah. But where you, I think when I we first met, you were doing a lot of heavy rock and like metal, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. then suddenly I start seeing pictures with you and cowboy hats and yeah. you're on stage yeah. with my friend, uh, also a podcast podcast alum, Steve Banky. Well, yeah, was, yeah. I, I'm just curious, just diving in. What was that transition like? being in the metal world and then suddenly you're you're gigging strong in the country world yeah i mean it really started with um there's a motorcycle but chad reacher or sorry i was playing with jillian a bunch mm -hmm. and that's my girlfriend for those of you that are listening she's also a full-time musician in kansas city um Steve, they they needed a drummer. Their drummer, um, just he was in another band at the time. I'm trying not to be too distracted, but I remember you saying you want this recorded. So, oh no, I got band. I'm recording right now, so we're good. All right, um, we're good go. okay, bam. All right, well, sorry about that. Um, it's all good. So Steve calls me one day. I was actually leaving a session at Matt's, and he's like, "Hey, like." We're looking for a drummer. Chad says, you're all right. We want to, you know, play with you. And I'm like, man, like, I really wish I could. I know you guys need time. But right now I'm playing, like, on top of a full-time job, I'm playing, like, 40 to 50 shows a year with Jillian. I don't have the time to devote to you guys right now. Sorry. It sounds cool, but it just can't. A few months pass by. He calls me again, like, hey, we need a fill-in. You think you could do that? I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? So I learned three hours <laughs> of music in a couple of weeks, no prior re rehearsal. And, uh, you know, like I've been with Steve and banking the flight and band for two years. This, this last August was two years. Um, and what I have found 
sometimes the lyrics are a little corny, but at the same time, for me as a percussionist and a drummer, the playing isn't too different. It really isn't. And the energy that I get to expend is literally no different. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful to be doing this now because there are things that I learned through playing this kind of music that I wouldn't have other le otherwise learned playing harder music. It's like dynamics is mostly what I'm talking about. It's like I can play quiet and still be like effective. A little more finesse. In exactly. Exactly. Than yeah. just beating the shit out of the drums because that's what that part needs. <laughs> exactly. And, and I still I still give them the beans for sure, but there are times where it's like, okay, maybe even use brushes and that's fine. So right. That's that's the biggest thing from like playing. That's the biggest difference. It's really there is no difference. It's just kind of the music is a little it sounds a little different. And for right. for what it's worth, the Flatland band is more of more of a southern rock kind of sounding band anyways. Right. But we definitely have like more traditional country influences. But the bands that we I would say look up to more and aspire to be like they they have more of a hard rock kind of sound that has been inspired by those older country guys, right? So that's where edge. for me, exactly for me, it's that you know the best of both worlds. Yeah. So that's that's, awesome. that's the what, biggest difference. What other things did you learn in that transition? How to play in boots. Um, <laughs> so I've got for for they're like. Man, you need you need some country <laughs> boot, you need some cowboy boots, and I'm like, nah. uh, if no I'm not way. gonna wear them outside of the band, I'm not gonna buy them. And and for the most part, I I hold true to that. I I don't. I've got a couple hats, but for the most part, I don't really wear them. Right. <laughs> yeah, it shows it just comes off anyways. But uh, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> your shirt as well. Uh, yeah, we played at the Lake of the Ozarks a few months ago, and jumped in the water at some right. point so finished the night in my boxers but we'll we'll save that for another day that sounds like a lake of an ozark show right there it, it is, was pretty it, wild the few times we've been out there it gets kind of crazy that's yeah. that's for sure it was a good time um yeah but you finally did buy the boots and started learning how to do that kind of okay so they're not really like full-on cowboy boots all right so i i i still needed to be able to like flex my ankle playing the bass drum pedal Right. So I found I was in Zona one day and there's that DS DFW or DSW or whatever, the shoe store behind where we play. I walked in there and they had these like they looked like boots, but they were like you tied them up basically. And they but they were only like I think they're chuckas. They're like ankle boots. Interesting. Like, That's perfect because they look like boots with my pants down, but they still perform as if I'm wearing my pants. Right. So I wore those for a long time and then I was like, these are getting kind of beat up. I'm looking for something else. I found something a little bit more fancy, but they're still like an ankle boot. So they look nice. even, they look like a country, like a cowboy boot, but same functionality as a, a tennis shoe. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. We're getting ready to play uh tin roof. Uh, oh, right on. And since it's traditionally more of a country bar, we're going to throw a few country tunes in, but mm -hmm. we, we try to pick some, you know, it's like, a country song that marshmallow remix kind of thing since we're more in the pop world we try to find sure. something that would you know meld really well with what we're doing although i am thinking about doing some zach bryan because that i'm kind of falling in love with zach bryan right now the uh -huh. his voice and the songwriting is just 
crazy. So yeah, we're, we're going to teeter in that as well, but yeah, I can't, I can't authentically wear a cowboy hat. It, it wouldn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I figure, for me, it, I figure it throws some respect towards, you know, the environment we're in. Sure. At sure. That point. I, I've played there a handful of times acoustic and, and it's always a really good time. Um, honestly, surprisingly, the people that have seen us play that weren't like country people, they asked for uh, a lot of pop music. So okay. you guys might you might Boom. be able to just stick with your own stuff too. And just do the whole thing. Well, it's four yeah. hours, so you know, sprinkling in yeah, a few four, extra two. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Four, four hours nonstop. Did you guys do when you did it? Was it that uh, same way? So I played with Jillian. I think we did seven to nine or nine to or eight to ten or something like that. Oh, okay. Inside acoustic. I haven't played on the Broadway stage, which is where I'm sure you guys will be playing. But yeah, it, it's always a good time there. I like it. That's awesome. So when you are like following you guys online, I know Steve mm -hmm. uh, fairly well. We actually only live like 10 minutes from each other. Um, yeah, that's what he said. We, you, your guys' sons go to school together. Yeah, well, sometimes I'll take JoJo, our littlest one, over there and the kids will play oh, and they right will on. jam, that kind of thing. Um, but following you guys online, man, it looks like you guys are having a blast and it looks like things have gone really, really well. Uh, yeah. what is it, what I guess fosters that culture, uh, for lack of a better term within, within your band, you seem like you guys just, like I said, really are having a, a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and I think what, what can be largely contributed to that is that we're all really just really good friends, you know, like the music for, for me, at least personally, I can't speak for the other guys, but I don't care how good we are or what kind of shows we're playing. If we're having a good time together, that's what's important to me. And getting to travel the country with those guys in the blue Buffalo is it's a great time. You know, like we're, we just have a good time hanging out, goofing off and, you know, throwing chicks at Micah and all this other stuff. But <laughs> You know, it, it, <laughs> that's, yeah, I, I just, hear a lot of Micah stories. <laughs> there's a lot. Then there's a lot that I'm not going to talk about on here, but right. If there's single ladies out there listening, go watch Steve <laughs> Banking and Flatland Band and go talk to their bass player after the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. But be prepared to marry him. I love him. He's my brother, but he's looking for that. So, anyways. Oh, okay. He's, but he's, focused. yeah, we're, we're, we're just, we're brothers. You know, like I love those guys, you know, I'm really thankful to have them in my life, especially right now. I got a lot going on, unfortunately, yeah. but um, no, we're just really good friends. And that was another thing that I, I should have mentioned earlier. something that I've, you know, learned from, you know, like the more country world, everybody's extremely friendly, like extremely awesome. friendly everywhere we play. They're extremely hospitable. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's the right word. They're extreme. Like the hospitality is amazing. That's awesome. Like they feed us. They put us up. They check in on us. It's it's great. Um, but yeah, just being friends, like being genuine friends, being able that to hang out when we're not on shows is important. That's awesome, man. That hospitality. Do you find it in contrast to living in the like hard rock metal world? Not entirely, but. I have definitely seen there is a contrast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. So for you, where, when did you start drumming? Was it something early on or did you come to it? Like, as you got older, like high school, early college, where did it start for you? 
so my dad is a multi-instrumentalist. There was always drums in the house. So it's kind of natural. Like, I don't have a moment in life where I remember seeing a drum set for the first time and playing it because they were always around. But I do remember my dad had this, like, little junior kit in the basement, and he'd be practicing or playing some songs, and I'd be over in the corner just beating the crap out of him. And, and we would have to stop, and he'd be like, stop playing because I cannot do anything with you just making a ruckus. Um, I didn't get like seriously interested in, in playing the drums until I was probably, I don't know, 11 or 12, maybe mm -hmm. where I, where I got like interested in like, Oh, that's a really cool drum part. Let's dissect it, learn how to play it. And I remember sitting in my parents' basement, learning how to play wild side by Motley Crue. Nice. Uh, there was a couple couple songs by this band, The Calling. They're like a, a late nineties yeah, alternative. I remember them. Band. Yeah, I still listen to them often. Um, was that the one? Did they have the "If I Could"? Then I yeah, would. Yeah, whoever you. That dude's yeah. voice was amazing too. Yeah, oh my god. And and yeah, it and it makes me chuckle every time I I watch those music videos because that guy looked just like Chad. <laughs> he looks, go back. i have to go back and then start just texting memes of him uh, yeah to Chad like throughout same the day. <laughs> haircut everything yeah yeah that's that's kind of where it started for sure and then sixth grade you know we go to the open house and they're like you want to be in band pick an instrument and me being this like little rebel drummer guy i'm like i'm play the drums like I'm not going to play saxophone or trumpet or anything like that. Give me the drums. So this was right, like right after I was like four or five years after the movie drumline came out with Nick oh, Cannon. Right. I'm like, I got my Martian chops ready to go. Didn't use any of it. They're like, play this B flat scale on a marimba. And I'm like, what, how does this work? <laughs> it's basically a keyboard. I didn't, I didn't care to learn that. Unfortunately, you're I like, this is bullshit. I said exactly. I wanted to play drums. I said it like three yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, well, the the uh, like the the people that were like trying, you know, the kids outward, they're like, maybe you should try something else. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, so I'm out. So that I'm, ended I'm your good. your pro uh classical percussion career. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> I I uh I did school band from sixth grade to until I graduated high school. Oh, okay. And uh, so middle school was typical, like rudiments and basic keyboard stuff like that. Um, high school, I was in the concert band freshman and sophomore year. And then I was in the marching band junior and senior year. So that was cool. I really, really loved marching. Um, I played the big old bass drum and that hurt my back. But um, it always looked like cool. a lot of fun. I was never I've been in the vocalist track. At, uh -huh. I went to K State and their marching band, like where our school was a huge football school, you know, mm -hmm. um, huge. It was like a religion there. Right. And um, and the the marching band was a big piece of it as well. And yeah, man, it always looked like fun, but it was just I was always in the vocalist world and mm. uh, fighting with my professors to not learn more opera and that kind of thing. So it was a, <laughs> I, I lived in a totally different world. <laughs> I was just trying to picture you in my head singing opera. I, I bet you could do oh. it though. Yeah, Should... it's not, it's not great. But my <laughs> next, next run with the yeah. album, let's go. Yeah, we'll th we'll throw a little in there. My uh, my 
I went through several uh, vocal professors and it just didn't mm. even, it didn't really work out with a lot of them as we went on. And also right. I was just a younger kind of more like, I don't know. I wasn't as pliable. And uh, yeah, then, yeah, for then sure. I had a professor come along. He sang opera as well. And he actually told me, he told me to quit rock music for two what? years. If oh, he was I mean, teach me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to. And then he's like, because he told me, he's like, well, I won't continue to teach you. So think about it for a week. I came back. And I said, I'll do anything you want, but I'm not quitting singing in my rock band. Cause like my band at the time was, you know, playing a ton. We ended, we ended up going on, getting yeah. a development deal, all that stuff. Uh -huh. So we were pretty serious about right. what we were doing. And, uh, but yeah, over time he basically, he realized like, oh, this kid's never going to be an opera singer, but he's really working his ass off. So let me teach him some, some opera techniques to save for his sure. voice so he can actually sing for hours on it and kind of deal. And we, yeah. we found common ground, but <laughs> right on, I, I, I guess, yeah, to, to that point, like I kind of had the same mentality where it's like, I just want to learn what I want to learn, but everything else you're trying to offer me, I'm not even trying to give it the peace of mind or, you know, the, the peace of my mind to, you know, be like, Oh, that I couldn't, that might be useful one day in hindsight. Right. I should have definitely learned more about mallet percussion and just yeah. rhythms and stuff like that. Like I'm a self-taught drummer. So like I get asked this all the time. It's like, Oh, like do you teach lessons? I'm like, so like, here's the thing. <laughs> Technically I don't even understand what I am doing. I just feel it. It just happens. And it's something I'm trying to, you know, like figure out on my own. It's like, how can I justify charging someone money? for the information and knowledge that I do have right. where I don't know if, if, uh, if it's of value to someone or how to put it in terms towards like useful to someone trying to learn, you know what I mean? Right. Well, opted times, cause I get asked the same question about, uh, singing. And I, a lot of times I just say, I don't, I was like, I'm not a vocal teacher. I, I still, right. even though I actually have a degree in it, I still don't feel like I'm, great at the teaching i feel like i'm better at the execution piece of it sure i was like yeah. but i do feel like i've worked with vocalists like to coach them to kind of come out of their shell so i'm like sure if i'm if i'm coaching somebody who's in a band and they're wanting to like perform at a greater level or hit certain things that they didn't think they could hit it's like yeah i i can do that and the emotive part and i i wonder if sure. like sometimes i wonder though the self-taught piece Cause I think there's a lot of people in the industry who are self-taught. They didn't go that traditional yeah. route. And yeah. I wonder if there is an edge to that because it's so deeply ingrained, like the emotive sense, like what you're doing yeah. is like this pure thing coming out of your heart. Exactly. Your body, you know? Yeah. Like there are things that happen while I'm, I'm on stage where it's like, I'll like just be in the pocket and just like, not even be like thinking about what I'm doing. Just like, and do something really, really cool and then come back to it and be like, oh man, how did I do that? Because that was really <laughs> freaking sweet. But like, do we get that, that on video? Well. Anybody? Exactly. Anybody? Well, that's why I bring this camera to most of my yeah. shows. So I can do that. <laughs> that really helps. That's a large part part of why I bring a camera to all the shows. It's like so I can watch myself and critique myself. And then if I've got a clip here or two that I can post on Facebook, then cool. But it's more for right. me to observe myself playing. Yeah, that's what we're transitioning into doing game tape uh, mm. for our our stuff as well. And like uh, we had a show recently where 
you know, going back to it, it's like, oh man, I used to do it regularly, like mm -hmm. after every single performance, um, mm -hmm. just fell out of the habit. But then man, just this last one, I, I felt like I learned so much by watching yeah. it and starting to dissect it. Yeah. Um, for you guys in the band, as you're working together, mm -hmm. um, are you guys writing together currently, or is it a lot of times like Steve's writing and then you guys bring your own parts on top of that? What's that look like? Yeah, I would say it's, it's mostly Steve comes to us with a song and, and we take it from being more him and acoustic guitar to him with a band, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, yeah, we've got songs in the books right now, but like right now, this part of the year, it's kind of like um, I've got family health issues going on. I know Steve's got some personal things going on. So like we're not... Uh, we're not as together right now as gotcha. we are usually. So um, I would say, yeah, usually, you know, we're always trying to work on things, but I would say actively right now, just trying to focus on our own personal things at the time. Yeah. It seems like so many things are ebb and flow mm -hmm. seasonally where we're, we're kind of wrapping up a season where probably for the next, after this weekend, we have a private show and then we have like this big podcast that we're doing with the whole band kind of deal. Oh, cool. Um, and then after that, I think it'll probably be like, well, no, actually, never mind. We got writing sessions coming up. So mm -hmm. probably actually Christmas and then like that week after will probably be kind of the the dip for us a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going headstrong into the songwriting. So I'm always curious, you know, what it looks like uh, for you guys. Are you guys when you're on the road? Because I know you guys are on the road a lot, especially during the summer. Uh, yeah. Is is that time, is it just such a fast pace for you guys um, in the festival circuit that it's hard to sit down and write, or are you guys writing as well? I would say for the most part, um, we're kind of just hustling to get to the show. Not not because we're lazy, because we are not, but getting to <laughs> you the guys show. guys are definitely not lazy. No. Mm -mm. We, but for for the most part, we provide our own sound as well, just like you guys do. Right. So like it's it as you know, it's not always as easy as just showing up with your instrument. Like we've got a full PA system to provide and set up and worry about and troubleshoot and all this other stuff. Oh, so like my my stomach sank went just hearing troubleshoot because it's like it's my nightmares of all my nightmares yeah. is when some fucking thing doesn't work. Actually, you came and saved the day yeah, one time yeah. when some well, fucking thing didn't work right before a show. <laughs> well, Daniel forgot a snare drum, so Oh, that's Don't right. Then, your stuff. <laughs> yeah, he forgot the snare drum, and then I think one of our wireless wasn't working. You helped dial. Yeah, in. yeah, it was but, like uh, your guys's first like run with with the new rack system, and it was like, yep. Oh, there's a lot of RF happening here. Maybe try resyncing the mic, and that seemed to have worked. So I'm glad that that did work. So yeah, absolutely, but man. I would now, say are you typically. The, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I I would say for the most part, though. A lot of our shows are we're driving two, three, four, five, six, seven hours, maybe mm. playing a three hour show usually and then driving home the next day. Um, I would say definitely the longer shows we plan time around it for, you know, another show or something like that. But I'd say for the most part, it's just going to the show, playing the show, coming home afterwards. Right. But we have been in a position um, 
like I said, we went to the Lake of the Ozarks for a week over the summer. And we did have time to sit down and just kind of vibe out and, and jam a little bit. I used the a case of quarters light as a snare drum. It was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> Do you have but, video? Uh, is there video of that? Yes, there is video on the Facebook page. Oh, so, okay. I missed it. I'm going to have to go back and check it out. It, it sounded really good. Like I might have to actually record that way, but I'd say, like I said, for the most part, it's just because again, for the most part, we're providing our own sound and lights. So that's a lot to deal with. And we don't, mm -hmm. we don't travel with the sound guy. So I'm kind of the sound guy too. Ooh. So, oh, so you guys, you're kind of running that yeah. while drumming. Uh, yeah, so Kelsey, Steve's wife, she comes out and does merch with us as often as she can. Okay. And, uh, you know, we have a solid baseline with, you know, we use an XR18. So I've got a bunch of scenes saved on my iPad, like, oh, we're playing here. The next week I can call up that scene and that's a good baseline. Nice. We're all using digital amps. The only thing that really can change is how loud Steve sings and how loud I play the drums. Everything else stays consistent regardless. Nice. It's the same same signal, no problem. So that doesn't have to get changed too much. The guys know where their volumes go on their boards. That doesn't change. Um, Kelsey will stand out in the crowd, and we've kind of de developed a system where the kick drum needs to come up. She'll like point at her foot or something and go up or down and give me an okay. We'll do that across the board and then kind of just trust the process, really. Nice. We're hearing completely different things in our ears, but if she right. says it sounds good, I trust her. So <laughs> and that's, that's all you can works. do. Cause yeah, your in-ears are a total different yeah. you know, thing. Do you guys play a click? Are you guys playing click? Um usually usually no, and most of the time no. Um we have started to, to experiment with it. I love that I that answer. Usually like, and most I, of the time I, no. I I love playing to a click. It helps ground me, especially when I'm excited or I'm feeling really lethargic. Like it helps push right. me too. That consistency. But, um, exactly. A lot of the music that we play is so reliant upon feel and emotion mm -hmm. that we have found that we did try to put a click to it and it just kind of like changed everything. Interesting. Not not for the worse, but in a way to where it was like we didn't really have the room to grow or move with how we were feeling or how the crowd was feeling, you know? Right. Um, but that said, I do have clicks mapped out for all the songs we play. So if there's right. a song where I know, Oh, Steve tends to start this one a little slower, or we just need, we need, we need just a quick, like reference. This is where you I'll start, just, bro. <laughs> exactly. Well, kind of, yeah. I'll just pump that in our ears and then start the song and I'll just turn it off and we just go from there. So right on. Yes, on the click, but no on the click. <laughs> a, li a, a little bit of the click, a little bit. Um, the I I heard, man, I can't remember his name is the producer who worked with Nirvana, and he was talking about oh, how yeah. he realized he was like this particular band what they were doing. He's like I couldn't have them exactly. play on the click. Like he, exactly. he was like it, it essentially lost some of the emotive power, you know, where totally. it seems like nine times out of 10, it usually is the best call. Uh, but to have that sense, like, Oh no, this isn't going to work in, in exactly. this context. That's interesting. Yeah. I was on a session recently with Josephine Duckworth at uh soundworks in blue Springs uh, where it's kind of the same thing. Um, interesting. It's like, That's, it's okay. so foreign to my world, but <laughs> that's why I'm like, very curious. Yeah. I was like, what's the tempo? And, 
let's try playing to it. And I'm like, I need more click. I need more click. I can't, I need more click. And then just got to a point where we just turn it off and we just record the song. Yeah. And they sound great. You know, they sound great. Yeah. And that's, that's something for me as a drummer, I really pride myself in like, no one's timing is perfect, mm -hmm. but when you see a player that has bad timing or tempo, like it's definitely noticeable. So I play to a click as much as I can because that really helps me hone in my internal clock and tempo. It's like I play a game with myself where I'll, I'll play with a click, I'll turn it off and just like vibe out and turn it back on. If I'm back on the click, I'm doing good. So yes. I like doing that. And it just helps me not get too excited. Or if, I'm, if I am excited, no, slow down. Or if I'm okay. being slow, no, let's go faster. So I like the click. The click track is not the devil. Vicky Valancourt is. I'll put that on a shirt one day. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of when a when band, it's always mixed. Like there's there's people who are like usually like either a hundred percent for it or they're just like against it. Uh, a friend of mine, Mike Borgia, I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with him. Like one night we just started, you know, giving each other shit about it, and because he was like, "Oh, you guys are playing with the click, blah blah." I was like, "Oh, you get your band just wants to sound like they're terrible. That's great, you know." So we we're having fun <laughs> with it back and forth. Yeah. But again, I do think the the context does matter and the kind of music uh, sure. that you play matter. It's one thing I noticed in the Zach Bryan tune, um, the newest one he's got. There's a part where it slows down a bit and then mm. pops back up. And oh, yeah. I'm sure that probably for the recording, I, I'd probably put money that they map that out. Um, probably. But it did, that change in tempo did give something interesting. Uh yeah. I'll have to check it. it out. You'll send me that later and I'll have to check it out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I bet most people who are close to me in my life are sick of hearing about Zach Bryan right now. It's, I haven't been into country at all for like a few years. And then when we started learning some of these country tunes, I told you, we we're just going to kind of throw in the mix for tin roof. Um, I stumbled on Zach Bryan. I was like, motherfucker, oh, yeah. this guy's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, if that's one thing about me, I don't really listen to this music either. Yeah. So like, like walking into a fill in session or, or a situation where it's like, all right, here's, here's 40 songs, learn them. And I'm like, okay, I know a handful of these because we play them already, but right. it's been really cool too, because I don't like to, you know, like pigeonhole myself into like, I listen to metal, I listen to rock or I listen to hip hop or rap. It's like, right. I can draw inspiration from everything. And and I think Absolutely. musicians should be able to do that because whether or not you like it or can really jam to it or vibe with it, you should still at least at some very, very small level be able to respect that artist for what they're doing because right. they're pouring themselves out into what they're doing just like you are. It might sound different, but it's mm -hmm. the same kind of emotion, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and you think about, you know, from country, I take a lot of the story writing or the storytelling that's sure, in yeah. there. And I think applying yeah. that to our own writing, even for the pop world is very, very important because the mm -hmm. song is so critical. Uh, yeah. And then I, the other thing we've taken from the country world, as far as a live band piece is just this constant. It feels like you can always just go listen to, even if they're playing all originals, there's this mm -hmm. consistent like dance type yep. country thing going on where people can just dance all night even if it's mm -hmm. just all their originals and it because yep. i think in the in the rock pop world we've kind of gotten stuck in this place where our songs aren't danceable it's like this is just right. a rock song and so yeah. we 
that's made us question like, okay, how can we learn from that and apply it mm-hmm. to the sound that we're doing? Uh, yeah, there's so many things I think I, I agree with that wholeheartedly is like, what can we learn from all these different genres and take yeah. from it instead of just judging about it? And you see country is heavily influenced now by hip hop as well. A lot of their rhyme yeah. schemes and the way their melodies go, it's yeah. all over country music now. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I like to live by a motto that I actually stole from another company. I use all clear audio in-ears and, and their like mission statement is live inspired and inspire others. I think that's so amazing that it just, you have to, if you're not like, just do that and you're going to be a good person, you know, or you're going to just progress in whatever you're doing. Cause you're always Absolutely. trying to take inspiration from everything. Like even just sitting here talking with you, like I'm fairly certain I've told you this, but like, I know I shared that Ed Sheeran video not too long ago. It's like, I respect you guys and what you guys are doing so much that like we're peers, but like, I'm always looking up to you guys to be like, Oh, they're crushing it. Like, what can I do differently to do what you guys are doing? And that's part of that living inspired, but like also like inspiring others. It's like, right. You know, like how, how can I be a positive role model for other people that maybe they want to be doing what I'm doing. And I, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, this is kind of grueling, like whatever. But it's also like, wow, I am sitting halfway across the country right now because I'm doing what I love or or because someone saw that and it's like, Oh, let's, let's do that. And I'm like, awesome. I'll get on a plane and kind of die on the way here a little bit, but I'm here. I'm talking with you on the live and create podcast. Um, I wish I could do the intro track. I listened to it last night on the plane. Chad's new episode is awesome. It um, is a great episode. That's a fun one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's like, we should have you come in and, and sit in live on that with us one time. We do. That's our song. I need a light. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we we should have you jump in one day. Have Daniel sure. jump up in the middle of it, and he could sure. get on a tom front of the stage or some shit. Like I know you'd I'm be down. down with that. I can but play. No, two, man, I can I, play to a click. I feel you, man, because I think what you're like, what you're doing, you know, right now, like you said, you're you're out pursuing what you love, and I think just mm. by you putting that out there shows other people like, oh shit, you can do I it. Can do. I yeah. can do this too. Cause yeah, I remember, are you, are you still working uh full-time currently or did you go full-time into drums now? I can't remember. I know there was talks along the way. I, um, I'm at a point where I could probably comfortably live just off of drums, mm-hmm. but this time of the year where things slow down show wise yeah. and I don't teach lessons. I don't play with a ton of artists. Like money gets a little tight. So yeah. having, that stable source of income really does help, especially this time of the year. But also I can rely on that to pay the bills and I can do this with a little bit more risk because I'm not worried about this paying my bills, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So getting back to your question, I work in between 20 and 25 hours a week at Lula Southern Cookhouse, uh, downtown right. Kansas City. Um, my cousin owns the restaurant but also just needed a job and I like cooking. So that's what I do. I don't know why I just went into this like Southern accent, but <laughs> the country's sell. getting to you. Oh it's man. To you. I got to go put my boots on and get a <laughs> button up on. Oh man. <laughs> but it's like, I've been there for two years. The restaurant's been open for two years. If you like fried chicken, collard greens, black and catfish, mm. award-winning gumbo, 
any kind of dessert you like, 1617 Main Street, Kansas City, Missouri, in the Crossroad District, six days a week. Um, So I'm there the beginning of the week, Monday through Wednesday, and usually the band is out Thursday through Sunday. That's perfect. So it, it does. It really, it's perfect. And before the restaurant and before music was really a viable source of income for me, I was working in a warehouse that I absolutely dreaded. I was there for five years and it just got to a point where it was taking such an, a mental and emotional toll on me that I just, I did not want to like do life. And then, you know, I don't want to get too mushy, but Jillian and I got together and she showed like, I'm a, I'm an extremely realistic person and, and she's not, she's a dreamer through and through. She really helps lift me out of this, like, up. Oh, it is what it is mindset. Like, you can do what you want to do. It can be better. It is better. Mm. Take that opportunity. Do it. You know, do it. And I am. I'm in Las Vegas a, right now. And it's amazing. I, I kind of got chills hearing you say that because I remember when we first met, you were still at the mm. warehouse. And it I remember rough. you you talking about wanting, like, wanting to do you know, music, what would that look like, uh, full time, but it's cool. Even that piece where Jillian helped, helped you scratch the surface and see like, Oh, there's some shit underneath here. Let's keep going. Let's keep. And, and I think that's even a great lesson for artists who are listening a lot of, it seems like as we try to figure out who's listening, it seems like a lot of the people, you guys out there listening right now are a lot of younger artists trying to figure things out. And so like, that's the reality too, of like, okay, I'm pursuing this now I'm making enough money, but I need, you know, where's a job that actually fits, you know, uh, where you have this part-time flexible thing that gives you the opportunities, but also the sustainable. Cause like for my wife and I, I, my wife and I run a uh, commercial cleaning business. And so that's, that's right. That's part of it as well. And that frees us up to kind of pursue the things that we would prefer to, you know, pursue as well to give us more flexibility. Um, But yeah, it is it's amazing to see what's happening in Kansas city. Um, so many artists I'm meeting, uh, over the last year, year and a half since the pandemic kind of, you know, the lockdowns ended it, and it people, evaporated. it's like everyone came out of that with like a, almost a, di- it seemed like a different mindset. Where, yeah. It's like tomorrow uh, is not guaranteed. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's just do it. Yeah. And so just, I, I've seen just do it. friend after friend, decide I'm going all in, you know, I think of me, like I'm full-time music and these oh, yeah. other things yeah. are just how I help pay the bills from time to time. It's like supplemental. And, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so I'm going to put all my energy into this and I'm seeing so yeah. many people walk out into that world and it is mm-hmm. a scary world, but I've you know, there's a uh, black shears, you know, both mm-hmm. him and his, uh, Caleb and, uh, oh man, what's his Lindsay. 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 Thank you. Where it's been cool uh, yeah. to see where they went out you know, completely all in, you know, doing it as Mm. a couple and raising a family doing that. And it's amazing that I think there's so many, I think there's so many blueprints being laid out for other musicians who are Mm -hmm. thinking about it to see like, no, you can do this. There's a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if it's not the way that you're thinking, there's probably another hundred ways that are still in the same wheelhouse of what you're wanting to do. Right. Like, Like, if I wasn't here playing drums, I'd be running someone's sound probably. Like that's another thing that I really started to get into recently more mm-hmm. because I was kind of like pushed into doing it with another band, but 
<laughs> also like just being able to do it and having the technical information to be like this microphone right in here it's not clipping because the gain is proper it's got a nice eq on it a little bit of reverb but it's like i can do that now because i learned about it so right if you're not going to be performing the music you could at least be you know running someone's sound and that's for me i if anyone has seen me run sound before it's like I get just into the music as the person next to me dancing is. It's like, yeah, I know the song. I'm like, bump that guitar up for that guitar solo, drop it back down. Like, it's it's a great time. Like, if you can't get into what you're doing, regardless of what you're doing, mm -hmm. do something else. Yeah, it's the I'll secret, the secret member of the band right there. You exactly. Know, it is a whole other instrument, and I yeah. I love that perspective. Like, if you're running sound, you should be into it. Like, you should be oh, really totally going for it totally yeah totally i don't i don't i i don't take sound guys for granted definitely because i'm often the sound guy and i'm performing um but it is it is a little like lackluster when you're playing a show and the sound guy's like at the bar talking to some chick or it's like i'm right. on my phone like hey i've been raising my hand for four songs like i need more vocal in my ears hey. like yeah, like let's talk, like communicate. You're here working, we're working together, but you're at the bar trying to pick up some lady or something. It's like, right. I'm into the music. I'm giving myself to this. You should be here doing this for me too. You know, mm -hmm. I recently had to jump off of a stage during the middle of a show, run all the way to the back. And it, it wasn't our sound guy with us. It was just someone else who was running sound at this particular mm -hmm. venue and had to get their attention because forever I was like, I couldn't hear my guitar at all. And I was only a guitarist for this particular gig. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I, I need something. And I, I literally finally just had to like jump off the stage, run and like grab them and be like, man. hey, man, really need this thing. That's one reason I love having the in-ears to where we can all you know, control yeah. our own. And we just yeah. didn't happen. We happen to not have it during that thing. Like that in-ear transition with controlling on your phone is a game changer. Just saves oh, totally lives, man. Totally. But even, even adding on to that, I did it last night. I'll probably do it for the next nine nights. You know, if your sound guy is cool and, and you walk up and, and most places nowadays are using some kind of digital board. Yeah. There's an app for every different, mixer right. available so like last night i you know i pulled out my ipad just for my set list and my notes mm -hmm. but i also had a tablet which i usually mix ears off of he's like do you want to connect to the mixer and you can do your own i'm like yes absolutely like a lot of people nowadays like that's I brilliant into, i wish i would have thought of that because yeah i could have done it, that there easily it's so easy like you connect to their wi-fi you open the mixer you do your thing and there's no need for like up, down, like, hey, where are you at? Like, um, it just makes it so much easier. Um, and and with that said, um, if you're in this position, musicians, don't settle on a monitor mix. There's no reason why at the end of the night your voice needs to be blown out mm. or you're having ear pain because you had to pull an ear out or you just couldn't hear, like, with the technology that we have at our hands now, there's no reason why you need to settle on what you're hearing on stage. Yeah. None. Get it right. Adjust it till it is perfect. Have a great night in the story. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, dude, kind of land the plane. You probably need to get a nap in at some point before your next show. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was rough. 
<laughs> uh, wanted to ask the two last questions of the podcast. All righty. Yep. So uh, first of the last two, right now in your life, how would you define creating a great life? Or I'm sorry, how would you define living a great life? So I saw these in the email. I intentionally avoided them to try and give the most genuine answer that I can. Repeat the question real fast. <laughs> in your in your life right now, how would you define living a great life? I think it all starts with trying to be the best version of yourself that you can be, but then also always in a state of trying to uplift the people around you. I feel like if you're doing that, no matter the situation you're in, it's always going to be good. And even if it's less than ideal, you're always going to be in a mindset to like, okay, it's not perfect. It is what it is. Let's make it what can, what it can be. And living a great life is just, you know, a lot of cliche things are popping around in my head right now. Like one is like, you know, like for me right now, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And for me as a drummer, this whole thing really started with one, one moment. It was uh, May 1st, 2018. The Champagne, Ryan Lynch. Thank you, guys. Um, they needed a fill-in drummer for a show in the middle of a week. They hit hit me up. I'm like, uh, yes, I will do that. Everything since then can be contributed to that event because I doubted myself. But even with that doubt, I was like, you know, if I fail, I fail. But I still tried it. If you don't try it, okay. You don't have anything to show for it anyways. So you might as well try it and fail. I think that's that's what living a good life is about. It's just going for it. Just go for it, you know? I love yeah. that. And I love the the picture of that story too, uh, of all the different bands and how they – because like Ryan was on the podcast here recently too, mm -hmm. and I, I told him I've been following – them for a while and seeing what they're doing, learning from what they're doing, kind of like we have been with you guys. And it's mm -hmm. like how we're all in this ecosystem together. And yeah, as we, totally. we're, as we're all kind of spinning in our own little worlds, it's like, we're all interacting and inspiring yeah, each other. It's an it. ecosystem. Yeah. That's a powerful thing. That's where I love it, man. For me, for, for me, the live inspired and inspire other things really, it, it really comes into play there. It's like, we're not in a competition with other people. And if, if you think, you know, like someone else is doing something more than you or something better than you or you're jealous of where they're at in their career. I think it was a Stuart, Stuart Copeland. He plays drums for the police. I think it was an interview he did. Or sorry, sorry, I'm wrong. It was Mike Johnson. He's an educator. He plays drums. It's really awesome. He said, he said something to the effect of like, this isn't a race. It's not a competition. They're just at a different part of their journey. And you haven't reached that part yet. So keep doing what you're doing and you'll get there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like, love that. don't, don't, don't be like, Oh, like they're on tour with so-and-so or they're opening for this band or they don't have to worry about making money because everything's straight up cool. Like whatever. It's like, I'm not going to let that get me down because I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm happy. I'm content, but I, I also have goals to be like, it's not what I want to be doing right now necessarily but I'm happy with where I'm at as long as I'm being better than I, as long as I'm trying to be a better person than I was yesterday, mm -hmm. everything, no matter what, it's always going to be better. 
a really long answer, but I think that's in short or in long in long what it, what it is uh <laughs> what it is is you know to 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 live a, a great life is just yeah if I, if I had to sum it up to one sentence, just try and be better than you were yesterday. It's so, awesome, man. In, in general, yeah, I love it. Well, and it's it's cool to see. It seems like you continually live that out yourself. You know, like I said, when we first met, I remember you were at the warehouse and weren't really drumming a ton. You know, yeah, for people and I didn't have a place. I was playing in bands that really didn't have a future. It was cool. We were playing a little bit of music, but right. It was just to simply play because I didn't have a place to play, you know. Now you're touring all over the place, and now you're out in Vegas playing and <laughs> yeah, doing that, the that thing, was, man. It was an experience. I'll say that. Yeah, sharing I'm not quite a songwriter, but Myers. Uh, was it Travis Tritt as well? Yeah, yeah, we opened yeah. for Travis Tritt last summer. That was That's a cool amazing. Time. Yeah, you guys yeah. have been getting some great opening slots. All right, man. So for the last question, right now. All right. All right. How would you define creating great things? Uh-oh. Sorry, you cut out. What was that? Okay. Uh, I need to check my Wi-Fi. I think this happened yesterday during the interview, too. I think it might be my Wi-Fi. Excuse me. So right now in your life, how would you define creating great things? Uh, it feels like I'm on an episode of Hot Ones right now. but um, Man, I wish we had the wings. create great things. <laughs> I might have to go find some later. Yeah, I'm in Vegas. Um, how 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 does it? What was the question? I apologize. That's all right. How would you define creating great things? <sighs> I would say first, primarily, don't get caught up in whether or not it's going to be good or not. Second, if your heart's going into what you're creating, then it's a great thing already. Third. If 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 you're proud of what you're doing or you're excited about what you're doing or what you're creating, whether it be music or literally content creation or anything that you're creating, if it's coming from your heart, I think it's going to be great regardless. Um, I think I just circled around, but just live from what's inside and put that on into what you're doing and whether it gets a thousand shares or a million shares or whatever the case may be, you did something that you're proud of and that should be good enough for you. It shouldn't matter what other people think. You know, I think, I think that's the best answer that I can give right now on a few hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that too. Just the perspective of, you know, don't worry about, I, I forget it right now how exactly you said it, of it not being perfect or uh yeah i mean like that a friend of mine josh uh he works in the country music industry does a lot of stuff mm -hmm. there uh former podcast uh guest as well we're actually going out to nashville and recording with him Heck he yeah. he, re he records a lot of rock and rap and those kind of things and okay. writes writes in the country world okay um, but that was what he said, you know, like he just recently, I think, got his first gold record, done all these mm -hmm. things, been busting his ass for, you know, two decades to get there mm -hmm. kind of deal. I feel but, like I feel like subconsciously I saw this clip somewhere and that's maybe uh, why I'm saying what I'm saying. But when well, that was the clip that I'm thinking of where he's like, make shitty art, 
He's like, yeah, he's yes, like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just so, go do it. Just make yeah. all the shitty things and then you'll find the good thing. And he's like, and then Ex- you'll make 10 yeah. more shitty things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I can get on my YouTube page right now and see the progression and, and the, just simply the drum videos I've been making for the last 10 years. But at the same time, I never waited for the perfect ideal situation to make that content mm. or make those things. That's just an example I have at, at the moment, but it's like, I just made it. And because I made that, I would say just because I just did it, I'm here right now doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing, enjoying what I'm doing. And I think that's, you know, I didn't wait for the perfect moment or the perfect situation. I just did what I did with what I had. I observed it. I saw what I can improve. I improved it. And it's just a never ending cycle. But at the same time, right. I'm just, I'm just creating, you know, I'm just creating. There's this uh quote. It's a book. Um, it's called the courage to be disliked. It's a new book I've been reading. It's a very interesting book. Um, and he says in there, we don't lack ability. We lack courage Mo- or like most people don't lack ability. They lack courage. And so I think I, re- I really like that, that courage to step out. You know, I was thinking about there's times where I get writer's block or those kind of things where mm-hmm. I just had to force myself like, okay, 20 minutes every day. That's all I can even stomach doing right now <laughs> because I, I feel so fearful but I forced myself to like, you have to write something and it's probably going to suck. But out of, out of that season actually boiled up a song that we're going to go record in Nashville. There was a lot of shitty things that I wrote. And then, you know, but it was like, I had to find the courage because suddenly I was all over. I've, I've written and recorded, written, recorded all over the time. I like all over the place, but I got afraid again. And I I knew I Mm -hmm. needed to find a way to like, just step out and courage again to and yeah. let it all be shitty for a while but yeah i love that exactly and that's what it made me think of is so we often don't lack ability we just lack the courage to do it yeah i i, I think too for me it's like well if it doesn't work it didn't work all right let's try it again you know what i mean right. it's like i i don't remember if it was the dude that made peanut butter or the guy that made light bulbs edison or whatever i'm a drummer i don't really know these things but he's I saw this, this is like this famous quote where he's like, you found, how does it feel to have found a thousand ways not to make whatever you made? And then you, how do you feel when you finally made it? It's like, well, I didn't, I didn't fail a thousand times. I just found a thousand ways that didn't work, you know? But also I like, I, I, I try not to get too caught up in like, oh gosh, is this video going to get a lot of attention or is this song going to get a lot of plays on Spotify or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's like, I'm just doing what I love. And if you like it too, then awesome. Let's join the party. Hang out. Right. But if you don't, okay, that's not a problem. I love it, man. Well, thanks for living this journey out. <clears throat> like I said, it's, it's really cool to see the progression from when we first met to where you're at mm-hmm. now. I'm excited to see how things continue to progress. Uh, let everyone know how to get in touch with you, how to follow you on TikTok, all that good stuff. So TikTok, Instagram, that, and, and that's actually it. Drums with Taylor. It's pretty easy. It's drums with Taylor. Facebook, Taylor Mead. Uh, YouTube is just my name as well. Yeah, that's all the ones I'm on. Drums with Taylor. And definitely check out Stephen Banky and the Flatland Band. We'll be coming to a town near you soon. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for making the time. 
Hope you get some Oh, thank sleep. you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.